So this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God of our days and years, we set this time apart for you. Form us in the likeness of Christ, so that our lives may glorify you. Amen. Amen. Our first need of God is always for his mercy. So we take this opportunity to draw close to him and to ask for that mercy. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let us then show our love for him by confessing our sins in penitence and faith. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you through our own fault in thought and word and deed and in what we have left undone. We are heartily sorry and repent of all our sins. For your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. So may the God of love bring us back to himself, forgive us our sins, and assure us of his eternal love in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now here's an anthem that uh, the choir recorded earlier in the year, which we're going to hear now. After that uh, lovely anthem, which uh, I find so inspiring, Madeline is uh, now going to read for us the uh, reading from Luke. The reading is Luke chapter 15, and it's the parable of the lost sheep. One day, when many tax collectors and other outcasts came to listen to Jesus, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law started grumbling. This man welcomes outcasts and even eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has an hundred sheep and loses one of them. What does he do? He leaves the other 99 sheep in the pasture and goes looking for the one that got lost until he finds it. When he finds it, he is so happy that he puts it on his shoulders and carries it back home. Then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says to them, I am so happy I found my lost sheep. Let us celebrate. In the same way, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 people 
who do not need to repent. This is the word of the Lord. Bye. Thank you, Madeline. Thank you very much. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be thinking a bit about those three losses and fines as recorded in Luke's Gospel. As you know, we're starting with the lost sheep today. We'll be following that up with the lost coin and then the lost and repentant son. Thinking about this parable of the lost sheep today, it reminds me that on our odd mug shelf of our kitchen cupboard, we have one that depicts just that scene. You may not be able to see and read it very well, but there's a, a shepherd there. Yeah. Uh, he's carrying a sheep and some of the flock are rejoicing and others, a couple of others are saying, that's the third time he's been lost this week. I'm beginning to think that he's doing it on purpose. This is a great parable, isn't it? It's one that we've shared quite a bit with our toddler group. And it's always fun to hide sheep in the hall and for the children to go and find it. And it's even more fun if the children hide the sheep and the adults then have to go and find them. And you can imagine the excitement of the child who hid the sheep when their parent finds it. But today, rather than concentrating on that parable, we're going to be considering the scene around it. In chapter 14, Jesus was the guest of a prominent Pharisee. And whilst he was a guest there, he healed, he taught, he shared food, and a large crowd who were travelling with him were also there. Chapter 15 opens with Luke introducing us to potentially two distinct groups within that same crowd. We have the tax collectors and the sinners, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. We know that tax collectors were not a popular people who knew if they were collecting the right amount of money or more than they should have been. And then the sinners, well, that could have been an untold number of people whose pasts and whose lifestyles were unknown. They could have been drunkards, sexually immoral and others too, no doubt. On the other hand, the Pharisees would have liked it to be believed they were as far from sinners as it was possible to get. They would have followed strict rituals for prayer, of cleanliness and of sacrifice. And we know that Jesus was acutely aware of this because he told another parable, didn't he? The parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. The teachers of the law who were with the Pharisees would surely have known the right way to behave and what was required of them too. So it is for this latter group, these Pharisees and the tax collectors, observing the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, observing the scene, as they point fingers and say, this man, this rabbi, welcomes sinners and he eats with them. Cue Jesus' latest opportunity to shine a light on the behaviour of his critics. He says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Now maybe there would have been a gasp in the room at that statement. Though Jesus doesn't explicitly say the word shepherd in this account in Luke's Gospel, the assumption is that that is who he was referring to. A wealthy livestock owner would have employed a shepherd to take care of his flock. He wouldn't have done it himself. Hence the shepherd having 100 sheep. One of the last people zealous Pharisees would have liked to suppose that they are, would have been a shepherd. Shepherds were a lowly people, 
they had a bad reputation. They travelled a lot and they couldn't keep the ceremonial laws. The Pharisees were so sure that they did. Shepherds lived outside, outside the city walls even. Apparently they were despised by official Judaism, able to testify in court. Even even the idea that a shepherd could count to 100 would have been laughable to the Pharisees. But perhaps Jesus's reference to a shepherd able to count so carefully and so accurately was a comment aimed at the tax collector's presence as much as the Pharisees. Jesus recognising that the counting that these tax collectors did all day, dubiously or otherwise. I wonder what the Pharisees, who had little time for these sinners and tax collectors, would have expected of the shepherd. What would he have done when he realised that a sheep was missing? Possibly ignore it and just carry on with the other 99 in his care. But there may have been further shock among the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. as They listen on and realise that far from forget this lost sheep, the shepherd in question is so concerned as to the welfare of the sheep he leaves the rest of the flock, presumably in the care of another shepherd or in a safe place. And he goes off to look for this wanderer, not giving up until he has found it. And he can take it back to rejoin the flock, rejoicing at his discovery. And so there you have it, that could end the account. Jesus, the rabbi, the holy man, is doing as recorded in scripture. Is he calling God a shepherd? Scripture with which the Pharisees were oh so familiar. Our Old Testament today, as we know, is full of images of God as a shepherd, not least in Psalm 23, which you sang last week on Zoom, which we listened to in church. Jesus is identifying God as an unclean person. Here on earth, right now in front of him, surrounding him is the flock of today, sinners and tax collectors. How God will rejoice when one of them turns to him. But should that really be shocking news for the Pharisees to hear or for us? Before these Pharisees and these teachers of the law, it is not Jesus or God they need to think about in that instant as being the shepherd looking for the lost sheep to celebrate over when it is found. But it is they, those listeners, those accusers, you are to be the shepherds of the flock. Because Jesus didn't say to them, suppose I, or suppose God, had 100 sheep. But suppose you had 100 sheep. Jesus is telling these righteous, religious, pious people, they are the ones that need to go out and to seek the lost among them, those in their care in society, those whom they would usually disassociate with. In fact, the very people gathered around Jesus today. Jesus isn't asking them to do any more than he was willing to do himself. Indeed, what he has always done. Jesus lived his life among the social outcasts, preaching the gospel and bringing people to God. His mother was an unmarried woman. The man she was due to marry was not Jesus' father. His first visitors, when he was just hours old, were shepherds whose society looked on with distaste. Shepherds who that night became the sheep, became the flock as they gathered around the good shepherd lying in the manger. And they left his manger side, 
knowing that they had new life in God, praising him for what they have just seen. So that's the point of this familiar parable for us today and the purpose for reading it may not be the emphasis on the familiar, how wonderful it is when someone finds God, knows new life in him. The call for us to do as Jesus did and as he instructed those Pharisees and those teachers of the law to do, to suppose we have 100 sheep. To think about those who are in our care who don't know God, to eat with sinners as Jesus did, so that they may taste the goodness of the kingdom of God and then repent so that the true shepherd, the good shepherd in heaven, may rejoice with the rest of the flock who are there. Amen. We're going to uh, bless each other with the uh, BSL peace. Again. I'm sure you all know this by now, but uh, we'll keep, uh, I'll just play the, play the video as a reminder. Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us offer one another a sign of peace. Peace be with you. And we join together now in the words of the creed. So let us affirm our faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Do you believe and trust in God the Father? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe and trust in his Son, Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father and he will come to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe and trust in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now a hymn that we can uh, join in at home, well known. Um, so thank you, Caroline. Thank you. 
Let us pray. Everlasting God, Lord of compassion and gracious understanding, we come with an openness to express our concerns for the church and the world, and we give you thanks for your goodness. We give thanks for the beauty of this day and for the wonders of creation. We remember before you all who are suffering from war, or divisions within communities. We pray for our world, where through television, we see the misery and tragedy brought about by wrong choices and brought into our homes day by day. We pray for wisdom and compassion in all negotiations and decisions taken by our world and local leaders, and ask that there be humility and leadership and responsibility for action shared by all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we know our faith isn't perfect. There is much that we don't understand, and much that we question, and there is much that is not all that it ought to be. Despite our love for you, we find it difficult to trust as we know we should. Take then what we are and what we offer, and through your grace, provide what we lack, until the faith we profess with our lips 
may be echoed in our lives and our faith be made complete. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, help and guide our schools, colleges and universities as they return to a new educational year, especially with the concerns of the coronavirus and how they will cope with social distancing, but still be with one another and learn with and from each other. May their teachers inspire a love of learning for its own sake and kindle joy in all subjects and sports and help them to grow into caring and knowledgeable adults. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the coronavirus situation and the procedures that are being put into force to try to halt its spread. Help us all to be more responsible in the things that we do in our lives to prevent the spread of the virus by taking heed of the recommended precautions and avoiding situations which may make things worse. We pray for all who are sick at this time. Help them to keep their eyes fixed on you and give them courage to face their trials. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving God, we remember today all who mourn, their hearts broken by tragedy. Reach out to them in their pain, heartache and sadness. May your arms enfold them, your love bring comfort, and your light scatter the shadows, so that they may know joy once more and celebrate life in all its fullness. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father God, forgive us for the times when we treat ourselves with less kindness than you do. We want to believe in ourselves the way that you believe in us. And so as we go out to live our lives this coming week, show us more of the life you have designed especially for us to live. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now the special prayer for today, the 14th Sunday of Trinity. Almighty God, whose only Son has opened for us a new and living way into your presence. Give us pure hearts and steadfast wills to worship you in spirit and truth. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now a, a brief pause while Ian unmutes us all and we'll join together in the words that uh, Jesus himself taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who 
trespass against us. And lead us not, but deliver us. For thine is the kingdom, power, forever and ever. Amen. And now, uh, as usual, a, a chance for anybody, children or adults, to uh, share with us if they have anything they want to do, sh show or share with us. So if you'd like to put your hand up, if, uh, if that, with the notices. So there's uh, something I need to show you as a notice. Uh, and that is the, uh, we've had this a couple of times, but it's the annual parochial church meeting, 21st of October, 7.30 in church. Uh, four vacancies for Deanery Synod, two for church wardens and four for the PCC. So we'll need to fill those at the meeting. So if you'd like uh, to be, if you'd like to think about those, be interested in being nominated, please speak to Nicola or Catherine Owens. And as it says here, copies of the agenda and annual report available in a few weeks. And so now we ask for God's blessing. May God, who clothes the lilies and feeds the birds of the sky, who leads the lambs to pasture and the deer to water, who multiplied loaves and fishes and changed water into wine, lead us, feed us, Multiply us and change us to reflect the glory of our Creator now and through all eternity. And the blessing of God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. So let's go in the light and peace of Christ. Thanks be to God. <laughs> so, um, yes, yeah, sorry, Caroline. Caroline's going to play us out. If you want to stay and uh, join the chat, join in the chat afterwards, please do so. Otherwise, uh, thanks for joining and uh, see you later. Thank you, Caroline. <laughs>